Hi, everyone. Welcome to Radio MVP Sports Podcast, episode 109, as we continue on. And Cleveland Baseball Club is looking for a new nickname. Well, we knew it was coming sooner or later. And if you've listened to our podcast over the years, we talked about Chief Wahoo. And when that basically was decided to get rid of a few years back, and then we talked about the potential of this happening, it looks like the opportunity to change the name has come. And uh, we'll talk about all that. Plus, baseball is going to try to get started amidst mm-hmm. this COVID-19 situation. Uh, teams have reported, and uh, COVID's everywhere. Uh, we'll talk about that. So a lot going on here in the world of sports, pr- primarily baseball today. And uh, let me walk it in. My partner and friend, uh, Anthony, how you doing, my friend? Great. It's nice to be back this week. Uh, we have some positive news on the baseball front after seemingly three months of just real pessimism. I mean, I don't think we try to be fair um, and honest on this podcast. I think we do a good job. I thought last week probably was our best podcast out of 109. I really thought that I was, I was really pleased after that when we hung up. Tim, this might be the first podcast in a while where we're actually hopeful and positive about baseball positive things to say it's interesting i mean there's a lot of things going on Mm -hmm. if you listen to us on a regular basis you know basically we've been talking about this potential going on in the world of sports for a while and there are other teams who are going to go down the same road here in the next few years not just cleveland and Mm -hmm. washington in the nfl i'm glad to see the redskins go away i really truly am uh 25 years ago i would have defended it to the mm-hmm. end and as time went by i recognized the problem and same with the indians uh if you talk to me in 1990 1994 when the indians moved to jacob field and there were some rumors mm-hmm. back then i did not i would not have uh, believed it and you know what the timing wasn't right uh, timing is right right now and a lot of thought process goes into it i everything i've said this before I said this about Chief Wahoo, and I'll say this right now. Everything has a shelf life. We have a shelf life. Mm -hmm. In sports, players come and go. Managers come and go. Owners come and go. Unfortunately, we've seen teams come and go in the world of sports. Sometimes name changes come and go. And, you know, I put this out there. I don't think anyone really thinks back of the controversy if there really was one when the Washington bullets became the Washington wizards. And one of the reasons behind that was the owner of the Washington bullets at that time made a social conscious decision to take the the name bullets out of his organization because of the murder rate that was going on in Washington DC at the time and did not want his team associated with that. And believe this was a step forward in the right direction. And the Bullets became the Wizards. It's not the first time we've talked about stuff like this in the world of sports. Obviously, I'm 53 years old and all I've known is the Indians. Mm -hmm. And it has sentimental value because you rooted for a team and a nickname and bought jerseys and hats Mm -hmm. and everything else. uh, And said you're an Indians fan for years. And now... 
I'm a Cleveland baseball fan. And uh, I'm still an Indian fan this year because obviously that's not going away this season. But I imagine by 2021, we'll have a brand new nickname in Cleveland. Yeah, it's uh, we talked about this briefly last year, Tim, after my trip to spring training. And um, some of that was, you know, because every opening day there seems to be that group outside the center field gate there that uh, protests. And you know what? It's peaceful. They share their message. Uh, it's never violent. It's never nasty. Uh, when I've been up there and I've been opening day uh, probably over a dozen times, listen, like you said, you've known – this franchise as the Cleveland Indians for 53 years. I'm 29 years old, it's going to be 30. 29 and a half years, I've known him as Cleveland Indians. My argument my whole life has been, when somebody brought this up, was it's just a nickname. It's just a baseball team nickname. But everything going on in the world now makes you think about the other side of the story. Because I'll admit, for 28 years, 29 years, I wrote wouldn't think in great detail about the other side, you know, and how this could be harbored as a negative connotation towards uh, the group of Native Americans. So to me, it's just a nickname. But on the other hand, why get upset about a potential name change when it's exactly that? It's just a nickname. And you said it perfectly, Tim. We're not going to stop loving uh, the Cleveland baseball team. It, we're going to be Cleveland baseball fans until we're put in the ground for our time here on earth is done. If they're the Indians or the spiders or whatever they may be, we're still going to be fans of the baseball franchise in Cleveland. Yeah, no, I agree. And you know, here's the thing. And this is the way I've, I recognized it as a, a sports fan. In my opinion, there's nothing worse in sports than watching a team move or disappear. Uh, you still as the years gone by, always hear about the Dodgers when they left Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. That is like the one of the biggest stories in sports. Obviously, Northeast Ohio will always talk about when the Browns left for Baltimore. Or when Baltimore, in the middle of the night, Indianapolis. went yeah. to Indianapolis. And Oakland losing their, their football team, not once, but twice. Twice. Obviously, in my opinion, losing a team is a thousand times worse than a, a uh, name change. Name changes happen. You could go back into history and say, oh, this is, it was honoring the first American Indian to play baseball. It really wasn't. That's not really the history. It's, it's a nice fabled tale mm -hmm. of how the Indians became. Anthony um, Castrovinci uh, yes. had a great opinion article out earlier this week i don't know if you've seen it or not no i did not and he kind of went through the history of the indians organization and he talked about how the turn of the century of the 1900s the team went through a lot of different names and condemnations mm -hmm. obviously there were the cleveland spiders yep. prior to 1900 in the national league before that mm -hmm. team folded in 1900 1901 they were the Cleveland Blues and then the Cleveland Broncos, which I assume you would like to yes. hear again. <laughs> yes. And, Not a bad name, yeah. but uh, understand that would uh, cause a lot of awkwardness for uh, Cleveland Indians fans who are also Browns fans who've had their hearts broken by uh, the Broncos. Yeah, and let's face it, 
sports have shared yeah nicknames uh, across across the board over the years and especially in college football and college yes. sports UCLA Bruins, for example yep. the Bruins are, are three different schools I believe mm-hmm. and you can go the on Tigers and right the wild you know just the over you know yes uh, yeah and you, know. you get it everywhere everywhere unless you're the Penguins unless you're the Penguins and you're the only one in uh, college in college football in college right. sports but right. you but do you share the nickname Penguins. with the Pittsburgh Penguins in hockey nicknames come and go but the point that Anthony made on that in his article was the Indians then became the Naps, which mm-hmm. everyone knows about. Our most Indian fans recognize at one time and heard the story about mm-hmm. uh, you know Nap Lajaway running mm-hmm. the team and becoming the manager and the team taking on his personality and became known as the Naps until he was let go, mm-hmm. and that's when the Indians came in existence around 1915. And quite honest with you. Who knows how long it would have last if they didn't win the World Series in 1920? Yeah, yeah. From that point right. on, it kind of cemented the uh, the name, and that's just you know how it worked. And he's not wrong when he he talked about that history. I don't have a uh, a true favorite name uh, that I want to see uh, this club be named in the future. I know there's a big push for the Spiders, which I get. I don't want the Spiders. I don't care. I mean, I'm not. I'm not against it. Yeah. I'm just not in love with it. All for it. Yeah. However, I've uh, had fun with this, and I want to go back to the tradition of naming it after your manager. Yes. And I want the Fighting Franconas. Hey. The right. Cleveland Fighting Franconas. And you can put Tito's face on there with that smile with a little. Pudgy bubble gum and not uh, chewing tobacco. Well, you know what? It works two ways, too. Not only do you honor your manager, which is the history of the Indians mm-hmm. or the, the baseball club in yes. Cleveland, but not only did Terry Francona's father, Tito, play for the Indians, mm-hmm. so did Terry Francona. Yes. And he managed the club now. So you kind of get the history of the Indians. And you name the team after uh, Terry Francona, which will never happen. But I, I find it fun to, to, to throw it out there every time I hear name the team. And I keep saying uh, the fighting Franconas. I never really thought about a nickname like you. I really never had a favorite. It's honestly, I'm still going to go to the game. I'm still, you know, through the, but today I was reading an article, Tim, and it wasn't really an article. It was like a blog by a fan. and He's younger than me. And he, and he started off by saying that this is difficult for him because, like us, all we've known is the Cleveland Indians. But he said if this must come about, he is suggesting the team be renamed the Cleveland Guardians. And he went on to explain his logic, saying that you want a team nickname to be something – Tied in with the city, with the region, with the area. We've used spiders, you don't know, guardians, because of the guardian statues on the Hope Memorial Bridge as you enter downtown Cleveland and you get off right by the stadium. And I never thought about that until today when I read the blog. And I'm thinking, most people from Cuyahoga County up that area, and even you and I, 
know of the guardian statues on the Hope Memorial Bridge, that is the introduction to Major But I thought that was a pretty cool idea and good logic and reasoning um, if we are to change the nickname. And I don't believe Guardians is being used in any major professional sport, like a yeah. soccer team or something like that. But I thought that was a pretty cool idea. And I like the logic behind it. And There's going to be a lot of good suggestions. And there's going to be some really, really bad ones along the way. And it's going to be interesting to see how this Did you see organization the makes this is. No, I have not. Mm. What was that one? Tim, like? it... Oh, God. It was like... You know, this guy's getting paid probably a lot of money compared to what you and I make to write for a national publication, CBS. And his ideas after the Cleveland Spiders and, you know, the Cleveland Blue Sox, he suggested, after that, you asked a three-year-old to come up with nicknames and he threw it on a piece of paper and, and turned it in. One of his ideas, you ready for this? The Cleveland Cuyahoga River Fire. And then he, and then he said, uh, the Cleveland Fighting Rivers. And I'm like, yeah, ha ha. But come on, let's just. Like, a lot of people think they're funny and they're not. Uh, yeah. Just you can say the same thing with me with the yeah. the Franconas, and it is you know never going to happen. So I'm not worried about it. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's kind of odd to be thinking about a yes, it theme is. Or, excuse, there's a lot goes into it. You have to go into the marketing and mm -hmm. you also would like to find something that's relevant to the region, but not necessarily, yes. not necessarily. No. Let's face it, you know, Cleveland Browns named after the head coach. Yeah. The Cleveland Cavaliers were named the original owners, high school, high school mascot. The colors and everything came from that. Yeah. That's usually what happens. I'll give you a perfect example. The Vegas Golden Knights are named after the, the Army and yeah. the parachuting team because he had a connection to them. I think he was one or his, his family has a tradition in the Army. I don't remember the exact thing, but that's where the Golden Knights came from. It has nothing to do with Las Vegas. You can go in a lot of different directions. And or you can say, you know, Lake Erie Monsters, for example. I, I'm yeah. just having fun. You know, it could be anything. And you could, I, I honestly don't know what they're going to do. But you have to have some type of marketing thing. I know a lot of people have brought up the, a very popular thought process is trying to keep the, the culture of the organization and call it the tribe. Mm -hmm. The nickname for the Indian. Secondary yes. nickname that the fans like was, hey, I'm going to go see the tribe tonight. We've all yep. said that, uh, or, or the tribes on TV, or I'm going to listen to the tribe. Yeah. So maybe that's where they go. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I've heard that on uh, the reasoning behind it being inclusive, a family, a tribe, like a group of people, you know, but I still think you're going to have pushback from uh, some people saying that is an innuendo towards the Indians. That's, and I can right. understand that. Um, yeah. I would like that. I think you need to clean I would love that, but I agree. I think you if you're dead set on changing the nickname, Tim, you need a clean break, a fresh start. Now, my only hope is that our marketing department is a lot more creative and clever with a nickname than they were of 
the primary logo change a couple years ago to a block C. That's that's my only hope. Yeah. Well, that goes back to the origins origins of the uh, yeah of the team. I would definitely like to see something uh, more interesting. I don't know. We'll see. I really have no clue. It's not. Keep I'm not the same color scheme. Oh yeah, no, no. I think the yeah. I think the color scheme of who this the Cleveland baseball team is doesn't change. The yeah. red, white, and blue of the of the Cleveland baseball organization stays. They, it has to. Good. That's who Good. they so are. I don't want to change colors. No, they, that's who they are. They are the red, white, and blue. With that, even though you had the Philadelphia Eagles, mm-hmm. maybe they come the the bald eagles or something of that. What about the Cleveland Buckeyes? You know, the Buckeyes state, but I don't think they want to go that close to Ohio state. And I think that was already done years ago uh, in the Negro leagues. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't think you want to go there. You know, the Barons was a great name for the hockey team years ago. I don't know what's going to happen. I heard, uh, like the Cleveland Rockers, like WNBA team, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's what we're known know? for right now. I mean, that's what yeah. the city of Cleveland's known most for is a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I personally don't have hey, a problem with that. I don't if, either. If they call them the Rocks or they call them the Rockers or whatever, I can live with that. I, I think I, they're I, pretty cool. Yeah. Quite honestly, if you remember, future Hall of Famers came to Cleveland in their final season it was announced. Derek Jeter. And others, yeah. they mm-hmm. gave them guitars. You know, they gave them a Cleveland-centric yes. mm-hmm. gu- guitar yeah. as, a, as a gift. So I don't have a problem with it. I honestly wouldn't mind that at all. Not sure exactly how you do it and where you go from it. And I don't know the trademarks, if it's still mm-hmm. owned by the Cleveland Cavaliers, if they would give it up. Yeah. I don't have a problem. Like I said, I don't, I don't see it being that big of a deal. The Colorado Rockies, mm-hmm. okay, were was a hockey team at one time. Matter of fact, the Barons, when they broke up, one of the two, the North Stars in Minnesota and the Colorado team kind of got the mm-hmm. players from the from the Cleveland uh, team. And uh, the, what came in existence was the Colorado Rockies as a hockey team. So it, it's been done. You know, it's nothing unusual. Who knows? I, I honestly, I'm just spitballing, trying to figure out what they'll do, and I have no clue. And it's going to be a, a, a huge marketing decision because, let's face it, you're, you're going to want to sell ball caps and, and jerseys yep. and and uh, yeah, coffee mugs and, and t-shirts. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Beer mugs, the whole thing. So, you know, your classic Cleveland Indian gear will be uh, have some uh, value someday. Yes, it will. And, yes, it will. Uh, I. It's, save your save all. I hope you have some of your game tickets. Um, boy, I I don't think I have any from the last couple years because they've all been mobile. Oh, I never thought about that. Yeah, they switched to all mobile. Well, um, but that is technology. I have a today. ticket. I have a ticket drawer, or a like a metal tin. When John Elway and Brett Favre and Dan Reno were all in the NFL, Hershey's made a Hershey tin of those players on it. It just came with Hershey bars inside, and I got it 
because John Elway is on it. And I, and I saved it, and I have all my old game tickets. I mean, Tim, I, I have game tickets from the 1997 YSU-Kent State game. Uh, I probably do have an Indians ticket in there somewhere. I would hope I do. Oh, yeah, but there is – should have kept my tickets from last year, but most tickets we got were just paper. And, you know, you don't want, like, a computer piece of paper laying around, but loan did I not know that uh, this would come about right as next year when opening day arrives and you can have fans again, hopefully. It might be a whole new nickname. Yeah, it'll be interesting yeah. to see. Yeah, I didn't even think about the mobile ticketing yeah. scenario, which – is absolutely everywhere nowadays and i've used mobile technology well it's just the it's technology today so much easier and it's and it's cost efficient you don't have to print nothing i like the mobile ticketing but then again you always run into the problem where if it glitches and something goes wrong you can't put your tickets at least paper or ticket you have a hard copy of it Um, now i'm sure there are customer service windows that you can like last year we went to the game and had mobile tickets then just printed them out for us so yeah it's uh i need to go back in my ticket jar tonight now tim you have got my mind racing of what i'm going to do after this podcast and i will set aside tickets i i actually do believe i still have a ticket from the indians royals game in 2015 it's a meaningless game we got beat but your Dono Ventura pitched, and I believe that might have been your Dono Ventura's last start against the Indians before he unfortunately passed way too early. Yeah, it's uh, you never know what the scenario is between yeah what may have transpired or what will transpire in the future type thing. Yeah, uh, I remember years ago, and I don't. I'm I'm almost certain I do not have this anymore, mm-hmm. but. I was into trying to make my own, when I was a teenager, a scrapbook of the Indians the entire season. Yes. You know, I used to cut out articles mm-hmm. and keep track of each. Yes. If I kept score, I had the scorecard there. I want to say it had to be 1982. Uh, it was the first time I ever went to opening day. And I had the tickets mm-hmm. on, the, on my little scrapbook at the time. And uh, that was against the Texas Rangers. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Buddy Bell played for the Rangers at the time and hit two home runs uh, in the ball game. And the you Indians want a lost. Fun fact? My aunt babysitted Buddy Bell. No kidding. Yes. Yes. When he played for the Indians, uh, he'd be brought into the um, – or not when he played for the Indians, but when his dad was around – he would bring him in and my aunt would babysit him during the games. I'll be darned. Yes. So she, uh, she babysat him. And then our first trip to spring training, um, she saw him because what his son's the manager of the reds or he's a manager right. of the reds. Now his son's son is yes. Yes. His son's a manager of the reds. So David, uh, she babysat David and she went up to buddy and he said, Oh my God. And it was just really, it is really neat. I got to have her on the podcast sometime because the stories she has are incredible. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. And, That'd be uh, fantastic to hear some know, of those stories. work. Tim, we sat there on Saturday. I don't mean to get off topic, but that's what we do here. We don't, we're not scripted. Um, we sat there Saturday and watched every inning, every pitch, all 19 innings of the Indians Canada day victory in 2016 over the blue Jays. But we just told stories and laughed about, you know, Tom Gorzolani came in to pitch for us and Tommy Hunter and Java Chamberlain. And we were just, I mean, it, and it was like a ride up to the ballpark and coming back from the ballpark. Um, but Tim, she has stories for hours. She has stories about um, when she was working the switchboard and they had just traded, um, they traded Ray Fossey. Mm-hmm. Was that the big trade that upset a lot of people? Yeah, yeah, back in the uh, 70s, yes. yes. Uh, who was the GM at the time? Was, was it Vec? Oh. Was it Bill Vec? Might have been Paul Dade, but I am, it might have predated Paul Dade. Paul Dade Ooh. was with the Indians for a while, went to New York with the Yankees, and mm-hmm. then came back in the 80s and was the GM again. Uh, Paul Dade and Phil Sagi. Uh, Phil Sagi. Yes. Phil Seggy had um, walked into her office and said, you are not going to like me in five minutes. And she goes, why, Phil? He said, you're not going to like me in five minutes. She said, Phil, what did you do? He said, I'm just telling you, you're not going to like me. She goes, Phil, what the hell did you do? He gets out of the office. He comes back in. He said, we just traded Ray Fossey. As soon as he said we traded Ray Fossey, the phones lit up like Christmas Day, she said. And she had all the angry mobsters just calling for jobs. And, oh, it was nuts. But she also worked for the Tigers in 1984. Oh, wow. When they had their – they started like 35-5 and five or something exactly. incredible. Exactly. Um, she sat there – and she would go to spring training, and she sat there the first day the whole team reported. She turned to her, uh, her, her co-workers, and she said, this team's going to win the World Series. And they said, it's day one of spring training in February. How can you tell what's good? She goes, this team's good. She said, they are special. They, and they win the World Series. They go to the parade, and her friends go, Boy, you were right. And when she passes, hopefully not for another 30 years, I have coming to me an autographed baseball from the 1984 Tigers World Series team. Oh, wow. Not a Tigers fan, but as a baseball fan, that's really cool. That is. That is probably going to be my second most prized possession behind a perfect game ball I have. Oh, yeah? Who's that? I have a hold on, hold on. Now you got me thinking, Tim. All right, so we got a video po- podcast here. No, no, I'm only kidding. And I know that none of our great listeners can see this. I have here two ball, or it's one ball, two autographs. The first one says to Anthony George, shotgun Shuba, pinch hit home run in the 1953 World Series. Yes. Now, how cool is that? Very cool. But a local then, hero. Yes. Right there. 
can't really see it. But then I have uh, the ball that was one of the balls used, not the last out, unfortunately, because uh, he still has that. But Mike Witt's perfect game, the 13th perfect game in baseball history, the, the only one on the last day of the regular season, I believe. Yes. And it's just two Anthony, Mike Witt, perfect game, 930-84. Uh, the Angels are out of it. Mike Witt is my second cousin. How I'm not an Angels fan is beyond me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that is Very my cool. most prized possession. Now we got to get to get Lenny Barker's signature on there. Tim, I think my aunt has one coming for me also. Yeah. Man. I have a ton of stuff coming in her will that is uh, hopefully well, not get, coming for a while. Just think if you can get Lenny to sign that ball too, you would have two guys who's thrown a perfect game in the major league history. Uh, in the first 13, yeah, you'd have number 12 and 13 yes. on one ball. I have that would be pretty cool, here, and I don't have it up right now, I think I have it in storage. But when Mike Witt threw the perfect game, the final out, his catcher jumped into his arms, and I have that picture, and it, it's personalized. And um, so, yeah, that is, I'm not a big memorabilia collector. That right there, that's pretty cool, right there. That is, that is very cool. I only have a couple baseballs signed, uh, and both of them are kind of fading away as uh, we speak because yeah. they're just so old. I have uh, two Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. One everybody has from uh, Northeast Ohio, and that's Bob Feller. I'll give you a little quick story on that ball. Yes. Uh, he was signing um, baseballs uh, for charity up at the uh, Southern Park Mall. I was probably in my teenage years. Uh, 14, 15, 16, max, probably about 14 or 15. My oldest brother took me there to get the ball signed. And, you know, mm-hmm. paid the $2, yes. whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And you get to shake his hand and all yes. that. He had a uh, a Sharpie and he was s- s- signing it. Well, he gave it to me. And in my total amazement, I smudged it. And I just kind of like my eyes just fell out of my head, you know, and I looked around and I says, I, I ruined it, you know, and he goes, Oh, give me that. And he kind of, he wiped that part off. He went into his jacket and found an ink pen, a blue ink pen and re-signed it. He goes, oh, this one won't. And he go like this, this one won't, won't uh, smudge. <laughs> uh, and then you know he shook my hand and all that and at the time he shook my hand I noticed his, his ring on his hand and I thought it was a World Series ring mm-hmm. and he goes no you don't get those from just anybody that's a that's a that's a Hall of Famers ring so oh, uh, that was my one time I ever met uh, Bob Feller and that the, is awesome the other time I have the other ball I have signed is from Hank Aaron oh my god and uh, that was in another type of scenario. It was a charity thing. I think I paid five yeah. bucks for the ball. And, and he, you know, you'd stand in line and he signed it. And, and you signed, met him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and at the time, I knew he was a Cleveland Browns fan. And really? I, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's a big Cleveland Browns fan. Always I did not know been. that. Yeah. And I says, uh, I, like this, after he signed it, I said, hey, go Browns, right? And he goes like this. He just kind of shook his head. He couldn't believe it. Someone knew about that, you know. Because I was up in Cleveland. It was a, it was a uh, card show. That and is really awesome. Matter of fact, in the 80s, according to Hank Aaron, and I remember seeing 
reading articles and about his being a fan of the Browns, he said he used to dress up and kind of dress down like no one could recognize him. And he goes, before it was known as the dog pound, I would go sit in those stands and watch the game. He would fly wow. up to Cleveland to watch the game. That is incredible. Yeah. Now, I remember reading that. I didn't ask him about that. I can't confirm that. Yeah. But I remember years ago reading about that when I was uh, – uh, it was probably during the uh, Bernie Kosar era of the uh, the Cleveland Browns and maybe a little before. That is really cool. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a uh, – so I was the only two that I really have. I think I got one or two small autographs along the way. I was never a big autograph. Collector. I got Tito's. Now, that's a good one. I got Tito's. Well, that's a I Hall donated, of Famer. I donated my Michael Brantley ball to an outing. I figured uh, Make-A-Wish a, could use it yeah. more than me. So um, I have, not special, but I got a tribe hat here signed by uh, a couple of last year's guys, Brad Hand and – Tyler Naquin, Trevor Bowers on here. Oh, that's pretty good. Bob and Pawecki. But the initial hat was given away as silent boxes. It was like a random mystery player. And you could have gotten Jim Tomey or Omar Raskel or, you know, any of those right. guys. And you know who I got? Jeremy Sowers. <laughs> <laughs> and no offense to Jeremy Sowers, but – yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like. Yeah, it's uh, it's what you would call in baseball card collecting terms a common. Yeah. Yeah. It's a two cent it's card. A, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> but I have a nice story of your story, how you met um, Bob Feller and Hank Aaron. My first professional football game was a Cleveland Browns game. Didn't care who won. It was the Browns and Ravens. Oh, in wow. ni- in 1999. So you got to imagine, I had no clue because I'd never, the animosity and hatred was was just ratcheted up. And I turned to my grandpa, who is a Steelers fan, or was a Steelers fan, and I said, Grandpa, well, why do all these Browns fans say, saying so many cuss words about Baltimore? Why do they hate Baltimore so much? And he turned to me and he said, Anthony, they used to be the Browns. And he explained to me the whole story during the game. And I'm like, oh, now I understand. And we're leaving the stadium. The Browns get beat like 45 to 7. They got killed. Crushed, yeah. um, and we're walking out. And, the, and there's a guy there in a Raven jersey. And uh, my grandpa says, and he just says, hey, you know, Nice game. You guys are pretty good. And my grandpa, and the guy says back, hey, thanks. You know, you guys are going to get there. My grandpa said, I'm not a Browns fan. I'm a Steelers fan. I, was, I got tickets. We came up. He says, welcome to Cleveland. They're not all that bad. And the guy turns. He goes, that's the first nice thing I've heard a, a person from Ohio say to me. And I thought that was kind of cool. You know, because oh, yeah. I didn't – my first Broncos game finally came in 2004 in the Hall of Fame game. And I was just jacked. I didn't care that the starters played three plays. I didn't care at all. So it's like getting right towards halftime. And if you remember old Fawcett Stadium, they had the seats in the end zone along 76 there, 77, right? 
Yes. That was where scoreboard wise they had to, you know, the seats yes, there. 77 there, yes. So I'm sitting in those seats and I'm walking down and I go downstairs and there's a makeshift concession stand to the right of that. And I go downstairs to get a drink. And it's the Redskins and the Broncos playing. And, you know, there's a lot of Redskins, or NFL fans, Browns, Steelers, Cowboys. And I'm walking down and I'm wearing my orange Sammy Weiner jersey. I know that brings up bad memories to out of Browns fans, but um, I'm walking down in my old school Sammy Weiner jersey. I'm, I'm 13 years old. And I'm walking along the fence there by the end zone. And I get a, hey, kid. And I'm going about my way thinking, oh, you know, so I bumped into somebody. I, 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 and I said, I'm sorry, sir. And I get a weird look. And I see a big hand stick out. He goes, hey, kid, nice jersey. And I'm like, thanks. And I look up. And there's this big, shiny ring. And I'm like, Oh, that's not just anybody. It was John Elway. And he sticks out his hands. He says, you're a brave one being a Broncos fan in Ohio. And I, and I said, go Broncos or something like that. And that's the only thing I could mutter because John <laughs> Elway is sticking out this massive hand. And I'm like, go Broncos, sir. And, and that was my coolest moment. Yeah. That's pretty good. That is that's 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 a, a definite memory. There's no question about it. That's that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, you know that goes back to what I was saying earlier, Anthony. Uh, when you're talking about the Browns Ravens game, mm-hmm. going about the Indians um, losing yeah. the nickname is not the end of the world. Losing the team no, it's is not. Losing the team is mm-hmm. losing the nickname now. Hey, everything has a shelf life. Everything has a run, and. Things change. Uh, University of Miami, Ohio was the Redskins years ago. Yes. Mm-hmm. In the early, uh, late 90s, they changed it to the Red Hawks mm-hmm. for the same reason that the Washington Redskins now are going through the same type of scenario as the Cleveland Indians. And it's a good thing. Uh, I remember when that happened, I was quite surprised and didn't quite see the big deal about it. But as time went by, you recognize that things change mm-hmm. and society changes. And I've learned one thing in life. You, you either adapt or you get left behind. I suggest to adapt most of the time. You have to, you can't be stuck in the mud. You can't be stuck in your ways. And that's what uh, Frank Kona said yesterday. He said, you know, element, I've always sidestepped this question. I've never given a concrete answer. And he said, you know, we can't sidestep this stuff anymore. And that's, and I think you have done it. Um, and I think I do it. I've done it. And I think it's the way we were brought up and raised is if you have an opinion, share it, you know, don't sidestep it, you know, don't beat around the bush. Well, here's the thing. And, 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 and I can understand why he did, uh, but I give him credit for yesterday's comments. Well, yeah. And let me say this, many athletes, coaches, front office people, anybody part of an organization or a school will sidestep a question like that because you, there's no correct answer. Meaning you could be pious and out in front of the, the story and, and say, you know, oh, I believe this should have been changed and, and needs to be changed and, and lead that change, which doesn't happen very often. 
or you kind of find a political answer and, and sidestep it and, and and not really concern yourself with, you know, you'll let others who have to make that decision, make that decision. You know, Jim Trussell's a master at that. Yes, he's, he is. He's, he's, he's sidestepped yes, he so many questions over the years. Uh, you know, that, that there's really a, a brand new road called Jim Trussell's way just because of that sidestepping. Blaming him for sidestepping questions. It's just sometimes it's a lot easier to give vagueness and move on than it is to preach and ask for change or be the leader of change. However, most people can adapt and most people will adapt. Uh, there will be those who will always get upset. You know, nothing you can do. Let them be upset and move on. And you know, I can ex- I can accept that. I, I understand it. Uh, like I said, 25 years ago, I would have been pretty upset about it. I think I've just grown up and I've, I've yeah. matured as the years gone by. And I remember in 2016 when the first talk of Chief Wahoo going away, mm-hmm. more I thought about it, more I agreed with it. And more I thought someday it would happen. And I got to give Rob Manford credit here. He was willing to do what his job is, is to take the bullet for the owners. And so by him initiating mm-hmm. the, the talk of removing Chief Wahoo from the Cleveland Indians uniform and organization, he gave cover to the Dolans and to the organization to make that change. And once that change happened, it gave cover now to the Cleveland Indians as a, or the Cleveland baseball organization to make the change to find a new beginning. And I'll say this, they had a great run. They won two World Series. They may win a third this year. I don't want to give them, the, you know, Say that can't happen. We had some really bad years as Cleveland Indians. More more bad years than good years. Mm-hmm. Your lifetime, you've seen a lot more good than I did. Uh, Thank God. Uh, and there's people who are in the 60s and 70s who remember the 60s and the 70s. And, and yeah. some of the bad baseball that was played. Uh, even in the 90s, you've seen some of that, but you were young. The early '90s, not the mid, not not yeah. from '94 to '99 era, but you see in the early 2000s where yes. they rebuilt, and you know mm-hmm. there was a team that was quite honestly not very good for a lot for about four or no, five they're years. Terrible. Yeah, everything goes in cycles, like I said in sports, and you and you got you got to figure out how to strike when you're hot, and take advantage of the opportunities, and it's not easy winning a championship, and hopefully. You know, maybe 2020 will be that year and it'll go out with a blaze of glory, as the saying goes, and and see what happens. The uh, Indians are going to open up uh, on the 24th of July against Kansas City. They follow that up with Chicago and Minnesota in the month of July. Yeah, it's uh, Tim. My aunt texted me today about 545 and. She said, uh, the schedule is being released at 6 on OB Network. And I said, I have it on. It's like Christmas morning to me. And you knew who you are going to play. You knew how many games. But it was still exciting. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised um, by the start to our season. 
Uh, two home stands to begin it. Not that it really matters much because you don't have fans or anything like that. But you began with the Royals and you end with the Pirates. A little schedule and quirk in there. Seven of our ten games against Minnesota are in Minneapolis. Kind of odd. Yeah, uh, you're going to tell – you're going to know how good you are because since you and I have started this podcast 109 episodes ago, whenever we've talked the baseball schedule, the first thing we go back to of how do you make the playoffs is you win your division. You get 40 games instead of 76 now. You're coming right out of the gate with three series against American League Central opponents. Yeah. Every game uh, I mean, matters. That, yeah. And these are magnified. These, you know, now you got to start looking at the win-loss column uh, every game. Unlike a full 162-game season, mm-hmm. barring a terrible start, there's time to recover. There's no time to recover in a 60-game no, season. So every game is worth almost three games right now. Uh, in a standing. So if you lose basically, let's say two and a half games, every game is worth about two and a half games. Yeah. So if you lose five games in a row, that's like losing 12 in a row. That's how magnify is. Same with winning. If you win five or six in a row, you just use it the other way. You're looking at potentially a 12, 13 game winning streak in a normal season. So, yeah, every game's going to be magnified. Every game's going to matter. What I'm curious, Anthony, mm-hmm. and I'm going to bring this up, is how many of these games are going to be interrupted possibly by outbreaks uh, from the coronavirus scenario? And what I'm talking about is uh, I'll give you a perfect example. As you know, I'm a big AFL fan, uh, yeah. Australian Rules Football. And they made their their return of, uh, about five weeks ago now. The state of Victoria is almost in a lockdown again because of the virus. So all the teams in Victoria, that's basically around Melbourne, mm-hmm. have now have to go out of state to continue to play. Wow. And there's no date on when they're going to return. They had to get out of Victoria before the lockdown. So they're all going to be playing in Sydney, Australia, for the most part. The entire, kind of like a bubble type scenario. Uh, There's, I believe, uh, some in Queensland too, but I'm not 100% Mm -hmm. sure. I don't know all the geography. It doesn't matter. But, and it made me think about baseball season and what's going on. Obviously, the Midwest not as affected right now as other parts of the country. Though Ohio's numbers have grown. You're going to go into Chicago. You're going to go into Detroit. Yep. Go to Minnesota. It's going to be interesting to see if, for example, let's say you're the Texas Rangers, you know, and you have a home game and let's say five or seven players get come down with the latest test of the coronavirus. What do you do? Do you actually go to Texas to play those games? Yeah. Or do you all of a sudden have to, quote-unquote, delay those games to another time? And this is what I really think baseball has no answer to because they're going to have to play it out as it goes. 
And this goes for any team. I think it's going to be – I think traveling as much as these teams are going to travel, even though they're going to be within division, you're going to go into some hot You're still traveling, yeah. Yeah, and you're – you know, there's, I heard the teams are going to be tested every two days, but who knows? It's, it's – I still think it's going to be very difficult to play. Here's and, what um, – when I looked at the schedule – and you mentioned the hotspots going to Detroit because that was when this whole thing kicked up to him, that was a major hotspot that a lot yes, of people worried about. Uh, Detroit was terrible. It was, um, I mean, it was overblown with this. Um, Illinois, Chicago. So when I looked at the schedule, Tim, I was kind of surprised, you know, thinking, A, we got to make this fair and balanced as best as we can. But B, or maybe A, we have to make this safe. So I was surprised um, to not see all our road trips to Chicago be in one. One time? Yeah. Yeah. One Where you time. would play both Chicago White yes. Sox and Cubs yes. on the same trip. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then finish that by going to Detroit. You know, bang, 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 let's get it done. Um, right. It, it's going to be uh, – it, you know, and like you said, I don't think Major League Baseball team has an answer like you mentioned. Uh, this is more wait and see. I think their hopes are they don't have that many people test positive, but there's a really good chance of it happening. And I don't want to have this mindset because I hope this is not the case, but Major League Baseball's mindset is – well, we got the taxi squad here, and I don't want that to happen. I do not want that to, you know, well, four guys from the major league team. Well, you, you, no, we don't want to get into that. Um, I don't want to sit here and talk about, well, we're going to get 30 games in before we have a stoppage. We get 25, 40. Um, because today, for me, uh, with all the negativity going on with this virus and uh, living it the past two months. And uh, today I'm going to focus on 18 days. That is the countdown that I have started for opening day at the corner. Um, so I'm going to think positive today, maybe a little um, way too optimistic and not realistic, uh, but that's okay in, in life. Um, so I'm going to think 18 days, Tim, until we have a podcast to talk about, boy, did you see Shane Bieber last night? Or, ooh, boy, that offense didn't look too good. You know, it's it, it's going to be fun. So uh, I agree. you got to focus on the positive, And yes. uh, hopefully good things will happen. Look, it's not going to be an easy sports season at no. any level going forward. But at least for now, we have it. Right. There's, Like I said, there's a plan, and they're going to put it into action. We're going to see how it works out. And we'll just go from there. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's not going to be easy. It's just the way it is. It's not going to be easy for any sport. It's not going to be easy for the NFL when training camp opens here in a few weeks. And it's not going to be easy for – you know, college and pro or high school sports too. So I'm pessimistic about any of them 
achieving their ultimate goal playing every game. If I had to choose one, it's the NFL because of the money they make. Yep. And they'll find a way to get it done. However, uh, one outbreak in one team can change everything in any sports. In any sport. And anytime you got people together and then, you know, it, it could happen. I'm not saying it will happen. It can happen. And you just have to be realistic about that. And we're going down a precarious road here as a country in the next few weeks. And hopefully good things will happen. And uh, like I said, I, I, mean, I am excited about baseball coming back. And There we go. I am we excited. I am. on board now, Tim. Yeah, I am excited uh, for the future of the, the Cleveland organization. We'll see what happens. Uh, take it day by day. Be willing to adapt. Be willing to accept the reality that's in front of us. And don't be upset if it all goes away in a heartbeat or if a game gets postponed or or whatever the case may be. And I'm not talking about rain, raining yeah. type scenario, but I'm just talking uh, you're going to have 60 games in 66 days. It's going to be a sprint. Yes, and it is. Hopefully good things will happen for the Indians. And uh, like I said, they open up against Kansas City. So it should be a lot of fun. You're at the end of the month, and yep. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna let whatever happens happen, and move forward. Yeah, that's all we can do. It is out of our control as fans. It's out of our control, almost completely in this country because uh, we just have too much craziness going on. I and am. Bottom line is, I'll say it again. I'll say it a hundred million times. If you're out in public, wear a mask. Protect yourself. Protect others, and protect you as a sports fan for hopefully having uh, games at all levels play as we continue to try to bring back sports here in North America. It can be much more difficult here than in Europe. Uh, I kept saying, watch Europe. Europe did a great job. Yes, they did. Phenomenal. Um, We have not. So (laughs) it's going to be difficult. And uh, I'm, I'm hoping for the best. I'm excited about the the Indians in 2020 and baseball. And we'll see what happens with the Indians and the Redskins names going forward. And uh, we'll see what happens with other teams going forward because there's more than just the Redskins and the Indians. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could talk about the Chiefs. You could talk about the Braves. You could talk about the Texas Rangers. I heard the Golden State Warriors are next. Well, uh, we'll there's a out. lot. There's a lot out. of potential changes, and you know, we'll just see where the tidal wave takes us, and we'll go from there. And uh, I think, quite honest with you, I think other teams will be less on the the hit list, if you want to use it as that. If the Indians and the Redskins go away, as where it looks like will happen, yes. Uh, I think you can make arguments for the others to stay. However, it wouldn't shock me if some of them follow the same lead and, and choose a, uh, a different route going forward. Time will tell. Yeah, it's we've said this for three months now. It's a waiting game. It's wait and see. Um, it, we have no idea. But today, like you mentioned, and I mentioned, uh, 18 days, we're going to think positive. 
because we know the realistic possibilities of what could happen. Uh, but right now, 18 days until opening day against uh, Kansas City. I am already planning watch parties, thinking about buying a cheap projector and screen and putting it up. Um, and I'm thinking, Interesting thought. Uh, I had the same recently. Tim, my neighbors have bought a projector and screen and they put up in their pool. Well, that's what I was pool. planning on doing. <laughs> Tim, we could have a socially distanced watch party. I'll bring the dogs and the Burtmans if you supply everything else. And I think we can have a socially distanced watch party of our tribe. Um, and I want to finish on this. Wear your mask. Yeah. I don't care if it's mandatory or not. Wear your mask. It saves not only yourself, but your family and other people. And we can curb this stuff. And remember, wearing a mask might be a minor inconvenience. It is, especially when it's this hot outside. But just think, there are some people that wear Michigan gear 365 days a year. I'd rather wear a mask than wear Michigan gear. And I'm going to start, I'm going to finish on that. Well, you're not going to hear an argument from me at all on that thought process. Uh, I had to bring some humor, Tim. Yes. And uh, all I'm going to say is uh, I'm on board with the fighting Franconis. Let's, let's go back in history and name it after the manager. <laughs> I support the Cleveland baseball club. CBC and our push towards a socially distanced virtual parade. Amen, brother. All right. We just about said everything we can here tonight. Uh, we will talk to you soon. No throwback Thursday this week. I don't have time to get one ready. I'll probably get one out in the next week or two again. Uh, those who downloaded the last one, thank you. Appreciated it. I know the sound quality wasn't the best, but Sometimes you run in that in recording. So for Anthony in Canfield, I am Tim here in Portland, wishing you all the best going forward and can't wait to watch baseball in Cleveland, rooting for the Indians in 2020 and looking forward to the Cleveland baseball organization's new beginnings in 2021. Have a great day, everyone.